Hello and welcome to the Campaign Podcast. My name is Matt Barker. I'm the Features Editor of Campaign and I'm joined today by UK Editor Maisie McCabe. Hello, Maisie. Hello, Matt. Creativity and Culture Editor Gurdjit Deegan. Hello, Gurdjit. Hello. And Ace Reporter Charlotte Rawlings. Hello, Charlotte. Hello. Can I be Ace as well? Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) It's because, right, I was thinking about this. It's because my title isn't as interesting as either of yours. Mine's just Reporter. So I need a bit of help. (laughs) I thought you were going to say, oh, it's because I'm Ace and you aren't. No. That too. That too. (laughs) This is your pitch, um, Charlotte. You you are fabulous features editor, Matt. Thank you. I like that. That that works, actually. So we're recording this the week before Christmas. Are we, are we all feeling it now? Yeah. <laughs> Christmas. Yeah, I am. I was just saying I got out of bed 10 minutes ago, so I'm ready for Christmas. That's a very Christmas. I mean, that's really it. impressive. Yeah. I, I We went to Hamley's on Sunday morning and it was like pretty much as soon as we went through the door, we got handed a mince pie and a, and a cake pop. It was like, yeah, this is quite Christmassy. And then he had a 40-minute queue up the escalators. <laughs> now, the has, as I'm sure all you listeners will be aware by now, been an awful lot of activity on the lists front over the past couple of weeks. We've been diligently compiling our annual end-of-year best-ofs and mishaps, mustn't forget those, uh, and adding them to the campaign live site, where you can now see them all on one handy landing page. Maisie, the list are always part great fun and part a little bit stressful. How was it for you this year? Um, yeah, it was good. Thank you. So the list this year have been different because they have been digital only. So traditionally, we put together the list as part of the final issue of the year. Obviously, that was a weekly mag back when we were weekly, monthly mag when we were monthly, and then a quarterly mag for the last few years. So we tried to do things a little bit different, um, tried to make them a bit more interactive. They're a lot prettier than they have been in the past. Um, but also, we've been doing them much later in the year than we might have been usually. Um, so there's not been that much time for sort of sitting back and relaxing because we've had um, we've had quite a lot of work to do in December. Yes, no, absolutely. It, it's funny with the mishaps. I think there, there are at least two entries I could have added over, over the past couple of weeks, obviously with Zara as well. Charlotte, you, you've been sort of wincing away there. How, how was it for you? Did you <laughs> I, was, I wasn't wincing. I was smiling and nodding. Um, <laughs> Pretty much what Nate, what Maisie said, um, but yeah, it's always cool to look back on the year and like be reminded of the work that we've written about. Um, but like honestly, you ad people need to chill out because there was so much work to sift through, um, so so much to consider. It's a good thing there was lots to lots to consider, but yeah, there was um, probably would have been a lot easier if there was less work. What, so for twenty twenty four, please do less work, less Charlotte. Work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's quite the yeah. message we want to give to the industry. Stop working so hard, it's making our life difficult. <laughs> Score reports, if I was in charge, would be so different. <laughs> I did have this great idea of cutting it to 75 one year. Like, key strategic shift. Do fewer of them. Should we cut it to 50 next year then, Maisie? That's not what... So, if I could roll back, Matt. And and I guess the reason yeah. it's pertinent to the mention of school reports as well. The reason the lists and the school reports and all the big projects we do are such a lot of work for us is because we know how seriously the industry take it. And so we spend quite a lot of time thinking, speaking to people, doing our research, then writing them up. And then obviously everything is edited usually by multiple people and then read again 
and then we have more conversations and then we potentially move things around um, because we know that people really care and people work really hard. And so, you know, if people are disappointed, that's never our intention. What we're really trying to do by having a kind of rigorous process is get to what we think is a fair reflection of the year. Um, so the best film ads or best creatives based on their work and that kind of thing. It's not personal, you know, and we don't set out to disappoint or upset anybody. We're just trying to give the industry, like, you know, a really full picture of where it is. That's what I meant when I used the word stressful, because there is quite a process involved here. You know, stressful, obviously, you know, within the context of what's going on in the wider world. But judging whether someone's ninth or seventh, you know, it's not just like we don't just stick a drawing pin and whatever. You know, there there is quite a process involved, isn't it? Did did you feel any of that kind of pressure, Gurdjieff? Um, no, I always feel a pressure on this um, and school reports in, in, in getting it right. Um, it's it's really hard because like, so with the film ads, the top ad is um, the four creative Channel 4 items. And, you know, is, is that is that definitely the right piece of work that should be the best for this year? In my opinion, yes. But um, as with a creative lens, with like a craft lens and, you know, I've got to learn and talk to lots of people to kind of really understand why that is perhaps more outstanding than others on the list um, or others that didn't make it on the, on the list. I think it's just we want to we want to get it right. And so, I mean, I, I, well, I do. And, and I, I think I put the pressure on myself in, in making sure we've we've got it right. And I don't know, maybe we haven't got it right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think generally because of the process, we, you know, we can always learn and they could, you know, and I think the one thing I do try to say, but, you know, is that we are here to have a discussion as well. So if you are disappointed, you know, please come to me and talk to me about it. Um, you know, if you're disappointed about the work, um, the answer is, you know, probably that we thought the work we chose for the list was better than your work, essentially. Um, but if you want to get into the weeds of why that is, then we're happy to discuss that. And, you know, we're happy to learn. And particularly on the people list, if you feel like you've not been, um, you know, your contribution to the industry or your business has not been properly um, recognised, then lean in and, and spend more time with us and tell them, what, you know, explain a bit more about what you do. Gurdjieff, you, you compiled and wrote the creatives list this year. Were, were there any kind of patterns emerging as you were working on the, um, it's a top 15 this year, isn't it? Yeah, so we did top 15 this year as opposed to top 20, which was uh, what we did last year. And I think perhaps the year before as well. I wasn't around um, at that point. Um, but uh, I hadn't quite realised um, the somebody else pointed this out to me in terms of trends is um, we have uh, three uh, women in the top five this year. Of course, like I'm, I'm always kind of aware we're giving equal coverage to everybody, no matter the demographic. And for me, like I, I want to make sure women are getting plenty of cover, coverage as well in our, on our mag. But, you know, these lists are very much down to the work that people have done. Um, so the creatives, like what work have they been behind? Um, so it's not... So I hadn't, I hadn't quite realised, but we have uh, Vicky Maguire, who's at um, Have Us London, Chief uh, Creative Officer. We've got Chaka Sobani, um, Leah Burnett's Chief Creative Officer, but uh, who is moving to uh, on uh, DDB. And we've got Charlene Chandra-Sakaran from The Oar, um, with her partner Dan Morris in that uh, number five. Um, we, we felt, I don't know, Maisie, you could probably... Um, 
Maybe you did pick up on this, women. Oh, no, I mean, they're all there for their work. I mean, you know, you yeah. retrofit. There are, my feeling, and you know, is that there are other lists and kind of um, areas where people's kind of broader contribution to, say, diversity or particular contribution within one of their own demographics can be recognised. And so we felt quite strongly that the placing in the lists, the creative lists, was down to the work that that person's department had produced. And we basically upweighted for quality. So if there were surprises in that, you know, we sort of really looked at the quality of the work produced in 2023. And so if even if someone was you know, a particularly well-known person, if we didn't feel like they'd done their department had produced some really great work this year, they may be placed lower down the list than they might have expected. Um, and similarly, someone who maybe had a as a much smaller department but did some really great work might have appeared slightly higher than people would have expected. Um, and that's sort of the reason we cut it to 15 as well, I think. And correct me, Gurdjieff, but it sort of felt like it needed to be a real measure of, you know, a creative director in their department. And we mm. felt that when we were writing or trying to add additional people, there weren't necessarily ads or pieces of work that we wanted to celebrate from their department or not as or not enough and you know hopefully hopefully there'll be 20 agencies who produce amazing work next year and we can bring it back up to 20 and then that's the beauty of digital publishing is that you can ebb and flow and expand and detract. yeah but for Charlotte, you know, that'll be more work to go through <laughs> next year. So I was actually thinking, I was like, not on my watch. <laughs> was there um, anything in the film ads list that kind of stuck out for you as well? In the film ads list. So this is quite, um, you know, the creative list is very much, um, and film ads list, they kind of go hand in hand. So you can see, you know, Charlene and Dan um, and that Harry's work, um, and you can see Chaka and the uh, McDonald's work. Um, there were two two McDonald's ads in there. So Felix was number one. Felix Richter from Mother was number one on the creatives list. And their work for Uber, um, it was kind of recognised quite a bit in the in the film ads list. But as um, I wrote in the intro, I think there's a lot of stripped back work. If that makes sense, there's a lot of simplicity in the films. Um, I don't know, I think that's a bit of a, it seems to be a bit of a trend that they're all, not all of them, but they're not as, I don't know, complicated. I was trying to find different ways to write stripped back work <laughs> or sim- simplistic ads. <laughs> um, and you only, as Charlotte said, you only really kind of, well, I, <laughs> I only really realised that when you look at the, the best work of the year and you're like, oh, hold on, this is happening here or that's happening there. Um, so yeah, so the Uber work and the Cadbury ads, um, they were uh, they were the ones, I suppose, with, with like the stripped back formula, I suppose, if you want to use that word. Um, there were some, you know, going harking back to kind of like um, olden times. I'm joking. I, I was around when Teletext was there. The, the McDonald's teletext work um, harks back to kind of n- nostalgia. You know what teletext is, Charlotte? Uh, I was I was tiny when we had it on <laughs> big box TV. I remember that. <laughs> My dad was really upset when they got rid of teletext. Sorry, I interrupted your flow, Gurdjieff. Pardon me. 
yeah so I was just saying there was some nostalgia in there um that the actual work was quite um quite nice and simple the simple ads um that did quite well um directed by great people um who really bring out the the acting or um you know what you need from um for in an ad excellent now charlotte as, as we now all know you've, you've been extremely busy um you compile this is outdoor ads and it seems like it was quite an interesting year in that particular sector yeah it's funny gurgit mentioned like simplicity and i'm not just copying her point <laughs> Um, because yeah, there was simplicity in the film ads, but there was also like a lot of simplicity in the outdoor, which is what I noticed. Like there was like a, I feel like we made like a nice mix in the top 10, but the ones that were like sort of standing out were like, you know, so there was the Kit Kat cursor billboard, um, by Wonderman Thompson, the Barbie film poster, um, the Ikea bag on Oxford Street by Mother and the Maynard's Bassett's work by B- by VCCP. Um, and that was all quite minimalist as well. So I don't know, maybe like 2023 was the year of minimalism and, you know, just taking a step back. And I don't know, I kind of like the work where it manages to be simple, but also gets the brand message across and makes it stand out without overdoing it. I think yeah, that, that work would be really powerful. I'd never expected to hear Barbie and minimalism in, in the same sentence. So that's, that's uh, and I still haven't seen it. You haven't seen no, Barbie? I haven't seen Barbie. You've seen Oppenheimer though, haven't you? <clears throat> no, I haven't actually. That might be my Christmas treat. Do you go to the cinema? No, I, I do go and see films. A lot of them are old and French. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, not I, joking. I, I, <laughs> it's the last time you saw <laughs> That's not a joke. <laughs> It's like you did a whole podcast on Barbie and Oppenheimer, and he's not seen either of them. I know that was well. No, that that, that was me as as a impartial journalist. You see that that was. Ah, uh, so that's about. why you haven't seen either of them. Yeah, moving swiftly on. Uh, what about a social, Charlotte? Another one of yours. I bet it was all friends reunited and Vine, wasn't it? It won't be a surprise that um, TikTok has become like an important tool for brands to create like even deeper relationships with their audience because it's an opportunity for the brand to be a bit more human and like accessible. I feel like maybe the rules quite aren't quite as, you know, strict if you're doing stuff for outdoor and um, you know, uh TV. So um, you know, the Dove Turn Your Back campaign by Ogilvy and David was one that really stood out because that's one that I didn't even have to go out searching for. That was one that popped up on my TikTok feed before we'd even covered it on the site. Um, and that goes to show like how good its reach was. Um, so social media isn't just about the fun stuff either, because um, we did, of course, have some fun creative ideas in there, like Mother's Work for Reese's and Aldi's Unoriginals. Um, but, you know, Purpose found its way in there as well, because, you know, social media is a great way to start cultural movements because it's an easy way to you know hop on trends and you know use hashtags and reach a really wide audience that you might not normally reach um live experiences is that one of yours yeah also one of mine this is becoming the rawlings podcast um We're really busy. <laughs> but yeah these were really fun to write about especially since i'd been to a fair few live experiences myself this year and a couple of those ones did make it onto the list um we had like a range of things making appearance, like exhibitions, um, pop-ups, installations. Um, and what really struck me was the scale of some of these experiences, like um, Montclair's Art of Genius event um, by XYZ. Um, that was mad. 10,000 yeah. people attended that. And that also the so talent. <laughs> I know. And the talent that they had there as well, like Alicia Keys and stuff. Like, um, I think, it's, yeah, it's good to see that we're firmly back to all of that after the pandemic 
Yeah, because that took place in February, I think it was, wasn't it? Part of um, Fashion Week. Yeah, well, I nearly forgot about it because it started. It was so early on in the year. Um, yeah, it's like February might as well might as well have been about four years ago. Because I was just like, that's another thing about doing the list is that your perception of time is just completely warped. Because you're just like, oh, did that happen this year? For me, it's the other way around. Stuff that happened last year, I thought happened this year. So anyway, <laughs> so Matt, we kept you busy as well. So as well as kind of organising the lists and the admin and working closely with our partners in the studio. So that's Haymarket's kind of production team. We also had you writing some. Um, and you wrote mishaps, um, which is, I think we managed 10 mishaps of the year, didn't we? How did you find that? Have you written it before? Yeah, I, I think I wrote last year's, if memory serves. Um, and it's always kind of a fun one to do. It's all, Sometimes it's part fun, part depressing, and then part you just end up feeling sorry for people. Like there were certain... 100 people get upset on social out of, you know, what's that? That's not even pinpricking an ocean, is it? But but it's, it's sometimes it's enough. But there is a lot of misjudgment that goes on sometimes. Sainsbury's, the the sort of walking in the park after dark dress thing, you kind of go, well, they obviously didn't mean anything harmful by that, but somebody somewhere down the food chain should, or up the food chain more likely should have said, this doesn't work, this isn't good. Um who else was on there? Elon Musk was on there, of course. Um, you don't feel sorry for him. No, not really. Um, and and I think things like the um, the Uncommon London BA Glastonbury fake out of home um, thing, you just think, well, that was just... Part of, part of me feels like, what a clever idea, you know, what a zeitgeisty thing to do. And the other half of me thinks, well, what a silly thing to do as well, because you're going to get found out and... and the Glastonbury crew are, you know, very big on social and, and precious about it. And, you know, I don't know why, because it's a corporate event now, 30 years ago. That was when it was real kids. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's it's always a fun one to do. And, and, and as always, as I mentioned earlier, we, we could have had Zara on there, couldn't we? That 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 was That's a kind of a classic mishap that, that's sadly too late for the list. And lo and behold, next year, I'll probably go, oh, I'll include Zara. And then I'll realise it was actually December. <laughs> uh, I'll have forgotten about it. Though, yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, so, on the yeah, point of, I mean, the whole issue around fake outdoor ads was, I don't know, talked about a lot, wasn't it, over the summer? And I do mm. think it is, you know, as an old media reporter, like there's, you know, it's important that if you want to bask in the, um, you know, in the kind of trust and the kind of prestige that comes with your ad being in a medium, you know, you need to spend some money in that medium in my opinion. So, you know, whether it's an outdoor ad or a press ad, you should only really display your ads in the format in which you've paid for them to sit, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, not everyone agreed, I don't think. Did you do that piece, Sean? There was a question piece, yeah, about whether Adlan should stop using mock-ups. Um, I think there was, yeah, there was a mix of responses for that. But I do, I agree with you, Maisie, and that I think... You know, any ad can look amazing if you're putting it on like a, you know, 48 sheet. I mean, I'm not against kind of innovative use of kind of social video and, you know, anti-tech. I just think it needs to be clear about what it is, if that makes sense. Um, Matt, other lists you wrote included the ad suits one. Um, it's always incredibly, I find it really difficult because there's lots of very talented leaders in advertising agencies. So whittling them down to 10 is quite hard work. Yeah, the argument always is with these lists, of course, is it's just the usual suspects end up, especially with the people lists, the ones that are things like ad suits and industry insiders and so on. What was interesting with this top 10 this year, 
Um, there were a lot of movement on it, um, and I'm sure everyone's seen it by now, so it's not too much of a spoiler alert, but Charlie Rudd, number one, was a completely new entry. So, you know, it shows that it, it is up for grabs and, and, and it's not always sort of set in stone. Um, also that... I, I made a cheeky reference to it in in the intro to to the um, to the list, but we say ad suits, and you immediately think of stiff people that are spoiling everyone else's fun. And of course, these aren't. These, a lot of these people are kind of energetic, creative uh, individuals. No, indeed. And then things like whether that's the right name. I don't know whether that was your initial pitch for us changing it next year, Matt. But you know, it's it's all up. You know, we can you know we can add lists, we can drop lists. We actually had some ideas for new lists that we didn't do because we didn't feel like we had enough candidates for the list. So if you're like trying too hard to fill a list, it maybe suggests that you're not ready to do that list. So we're really keen to kind of expand the list that we do to properly reflect the breadth of work the industry does and the breadth of people in the industry. At the same time, we have to make sure that we've done enough reporting in that space to be able to have a considered opinion. Um, so um, one of the new ones this year, which we kind of came to just because of the sheer breadth of work that they'd um, done was the in-house creative leaders list. Um, and so it's quite funny because someone actually mentioned it on LinkedIn, I think, when the main... Uh, creative list went up someone said oh what about in-house creative leaders and it was like yeah just wait a week we've got one we've got it coming um but I just really wanted there to be a a kind of surprise element I guess to some of these new things you know because it, it just sort of kept people guessing because didn't necessarily know when things were coming and um yeah it shows that we're thinking and pushing forward and doing things differently and we've had a few more surprises as well haven't yeah we, indeed so we're Recording this on Tuesday, and today we've published our first top agencies list. Um, so um, it's quite funny when you think of something that might be quite fun, you can then keep it a secret. <laughs> We're to be out in the world um, feels a little bit strange, but we just felt that it would be, you know, it's really important. We do all this work judging silos, so whether that's work or people within there individual role at an agency and we just wanted to bring back an opportunity for us as an editorial team to judge agencies in their round now we have um an award scheme which is really important and that's going to continue so um how we thought differently for this list is that we have different disciplines coming up against each other um again that makes the ranking a little bit difficult and there was some toing and froing and i think i said one version on Friday night and then it changed by Monday morning. Um, and, you know, back to everyone's point earlier about we know that people value our opinion on where we rank things. And so we take it really seriously. Um, and so the agencies on the list are Adam and Eve, DDB, Manning Gottlieb, OMD, 4Creative, Leah Burnett and Mother um, in the first place. Um, but, you know, all those agencies have done really, really brilliant work for their clients, um, whether that's in-house or not. Yeah, congratulations to all. Gurdjieff mentioned earlier about creatives and, and film ads about seeing little patterns emerge. Did anyone else see anything sort of come out of this, kind of an overview, um, the state of the uh, the industry, if you like? You mean apart from them doing too much work? <laughs> yeah. Exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> the word right out of my mouth. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Because it's only like... Um, as you finish the list, I think that you have an opportunity to kind of look up and look for these trends. So I guess we've always already identified the idea about simplicity. Um, one of the thought 
there's been a lot of discussion around humour. Obviously, Can have added a humour category for next year. Again, we didn't look at any of the work lists in the sense of wanting to recognise any particular type of work. It was just like the clarity of the idea and the standard of the execution were the two main driving things that we looked at. But I don't, I don't think, I don't know whether you think, I don't feel like purpose is that heavily represented in the work we've chosen. It's not anymore. No, it's, and, and, and some of the creatives have said this to me as well, um, who, that purpose is, is kind of going out, isn't it? Um, not like in a bad way, but I just think those brands who need to use purpose or, you know, have, have an actual purpose to put across are doing it and they're doing it well. And, and, and those brands who kind of just jumped on the bandwagon at the time when this was all going on um, are not doing it anymore. So, um, and I think we saw we saw a bit of that at Cannes in terms of um, what was being awarded, I, I guess. Um, but if you look at the work from across this year, um, there's more. And also in the film ads, there's, there's not really much purpose in there, is there? There's more about the weird and wonderful, like that strange hamster one with Pringles. Um, yeah. It's funny, it's like I was chatting to someone at dinner a few weeks ago and they were talking about a charity ad and how amazing it was. And I said, well, but it doesn't have a creative idea in it. And they were like, oh, harsh. And it's like, well, but that is what we're looking for. You know, you can't just, you know, do a film that demonstrates the work of the charity, if that makes sense. You know, in terms of we're looking for creative leaps and people, there's obviously lots of discussion about the importance of distinctive assets, which you know well, Matt. Um, and, you know, there's this idea that the answer is just kind of really pushing and reiterating, you know, similar messages to consumers. Um, and the, for me, the people who purport that side of things see creativity almost as this kind of vaguely scammy stuff that no one sees, um, maybe, um, and just the advertising industry enjoys. Um, but, like, we did a piece... Um, on Paul Feldwick's book in 2021. And he was like, obviously, you know, the ideal is to be both clever and popular. <laughs> you know, that's what we're striving for. It's not, you know, we don't want to be rewarding really clever work that isn't real, you know, in terms of, you know, it's not actually reaching the people it's pretending it wants to reach, whether that's through purpose or anything else. You know, we want to reward big campaigns that are reaching people, but that are also clever, you know? Yeah, and entertaining, and you see something on TV and you want to watch it. You're not going to skip forward. What do we all think of um, art director Chris Barker's treatment of the list this year? It's a bit of a Christmas Top of the Pops thing going on there. Did, did we all get the references? Did we all enjoy it? I loved it. It's nice. And it's, again, back to the nostalgic trend that I mentioned earlier. Um, I loved watching um, Top of the Pops on Christmas Day. Um Sometimes watch uh, some of the reruns on, uh, is it BBC Two or BBC Four? Um, BBC Four, isn't it? What, 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 there was a bit, yeah. yeah, fingers crossed. There was a year last year, I think it was 93, that was like full of bangers. It was great. I think we watched it like genuinely for months. We kept watching it like the week. It's basically like, you know, wild at our house at the weekend, evidently. Um, Same here, yeah. maybe. <laughs> 
it's good. I mean, Chris obviously had the, there was, I'm moving my hands, which you can't see, but there was a, a sort of video, a sort of short video at the top, um, you know, that kind of showed some of the people who were going to be in the lists and there was, yeah, kind of records reminiscent of the Top of the Pops credits. You look like you say something, Matt. No, I, I was just going to say, Chris initially had plans. Um, he always says he's grandiose plans, actually, classic art director stuff. Um, that us, all of us lot here, pretty much, we're, we're going to sort of, in, in a sort of top of the box presenter style, um, stand there talking through the rundown with, with, with sort of an old fashioned retro microphone in our hands. But um, I would have, I would have smashed that. That's, that seems like fun. I would have smashed well, it. Next year, next year, Sean, done. We've got to keep innovating. Yeah, Why don't we do next year? We yeah. need, we need, we, in a, we'll be in a studio with people dancing around us and cheering and, you know. Yeah. Well, if you can find the time, Charlotte, that, that would be great next year. <laughs> I, am, I mean, the one thing that was different about the list this year was previously, as I'd mentioned, they were in the print mag. So there was kind of, um, we published them, sort of staggered them over a couple of weeks, but they were already in the print mag. So there was a sense that, you had to get the biggest ones out in the beginning in order to, you know, cause stop people reading them in print. So I know that sounds the wrong way around, but, you know, we want to um, ensure that people enjoy them digitally as well. Whereas this way around, they sort of didn't exist. They weren't real until they were published. So that was, I don't know whether how anyone found that, but it's sort of slightly different kind of um, way to get, you know, it, I don't know how everyone found that, but it sort of took me a while to get my head around that. Like, you know, they're kind of previously, they already existed when they went online. And now they really are kind of coming alive when they're published online. Um, and I think that enabled us to kind of stagger out some of the, the higher profile lists and kind of spread some of the, yeah, some of the content more broadly. Because, you know, we're all, you know, we're all still working pretty much. I, I think keeping agencies back without telling people, you know, to, to the last couple of days, I think it was, was fiendishly clever. So that will keep people on their toes next year as well. Yeah, no pressure. Yeah, I think there's more anticipation when they're being published online, like for the very first time. And probably everyone like guessing like, well, what's going to be next? And yeah, probably more excitement around it. Yeah, so and do please visit the list pages on our site and let us know what you think. Thanks to Maisie, Gurdjieff and Charlotte. And indeed, thanks to all of our campaign podcast guests and presenters over the past 12 months. We're actually running a daily look back at some previous editions from 2023 all this week, so keep an ear out for those. And on behalf of us all here at Campaign, a very happy Christmas and we'll see you in 2024. Merry Merry Christmas! Christmas.